here we go. Hello and welcome to Onesies, a podcast of wonders, of one season wonders, blunders, and ABC disasters. My name's Andrew. My name's Emily. Hi. Hello, everyone. We are still watching Going to Extremes, but we are 10 episodes in. So we are, I mean, this whole experience has been downhill, but now we're going downhill in terms of how many more of these we have to watch. I can't wait for you to tell me why I should have hated the Colin plotline. The Colin plotline is fine. Good. Because that's the only thing I liked about this episode. And I was like pleasantly surprised until I realized, remembered that it was uh, loosely stolen from Northern Exposure. It, it seemed like the most Northern Exposure story I've ever seen. Yeah. Just it was. Like... Loosely, loosely stolen from Northern Exposure. Stolen from their own property, I guess, right? Yeah, it's just another Northern Exposure. Um, But that's not all that's in this episode. There's um, a lot more. This episode, of course, is called Perpetual Motion, which, or no, Perpetual Care. Care, yeah. Um, Oh, I forgot Alex says it. Two things. Maybe the oh, perpetual care it discusses is Alex, um, Dr. Davis, and Alex. Okay. So <clears throat> Emily didn't take notes for some reason. Because I haven't been taking notes the past like four or five episodes. Why? Because then your first note is something like, oh, God, it's a dream sequence. Yeah. Oh, God. Because it's a hacky dream sequence. It's a hacky <laughs> dream sequence where Charlie is trapped in the jungle. There's a ringing phone in a phone booth, and then there's the tall black guy. Um, it's been haunting him. him. It's been haunting the tall him. Black. Yes, that's been haunting him. Oh, we geez. get to call him the tall black guy because multiple times throughout the episode, Charlie will say, I'm very scared of the tall black man. And you're just like, now, so, I, I will <laughs> say, can I, can I just say something yes. really quickly? I, I'm not excusing it. Certainly not excusing it. This fish out of water thing which is a common trope. This could have happened literally anywhere. It happened on Northern Exposure. There was somebody wandering through the woods. It ended up being Ed, you know, the kind of goofy white guy playing a native guy. Um, This could have happened anywhere, and it didn't necessarily have to be a tall black guy if it was somewhere else. It could be a woodsman in Norway, or it could be some hermit in China. But it just happens to be a black guy and it reads as so racist, so racist. And I don't think they thought it through. Did they not? I don't know. I don't. At this point, we are 10 episodes into this show. Any excuse of unintentional racism or colonialism is long. Yeah. Long, long gone. I'm just, I'm. Like, I'm not trying to excuse it, but I'm trying to excuse it. I feel okay, bad. You, you can excuse person. that, but then we can get to the next scene where Charlie talks about being scared of other black guys. Oh, so yes. let's move on to that. Oh. Okay. So then we get our awesome opening credits. Didn't you tell me this episode was 40 minutes long? Is it not 40 minutes long? It's 40. It was a full length. No, it's not 40 minutes long. I saw the 45 minutes and I was just started weeping in my soul. And it was well, a extended opening credit scene too. It was extended. It wasn't one of those short ones. No, it was, it was pointless, but it was not short. Um, 
Okay, so then we have our wonderful opening credits, and then we cut to Solomon's Bar. This is the apparently the bar they've been hanging out at since the pilot. Yeah. It is run by a gentleman named Solomon who does not pal around with our lead cast. We are 10 episodes into this show. This is the first time they've mentioned Solomon or it being called Solomon's Bar, correct? Um, I think so. I mean, maybe we met him early on. The goat's milk conversation kind of rang familiar, right? Like he was serving them in the bar, but I don't know that he was named. I don't know that the bar was named. We've been thinking that possibly this is like the school's cafeteria, but it's no, it's this bar. Um, But yeah, I don't think he's been named or or if he has, it hasn't been noted that he owns the place. I don't doesn't know. like Charlie. I mean, I don't like Charlie, but he does. Well, to be fair, he doesn't seem to like any of them. Like you said, he's not palling around. He doesn't take it. He doesn't put up with their American colonizer bullshit. To be fair, I don't like any of them either. <laughs> fair enough. <clears throat> okay. Fair enough. So it's Cheryl and uh, Kathleen. Kathleen. And um, Charlie will show up. But first, they are going to talk about how Alex was moaning all night. Because Ugh. he was fucking Dr. Davis all night long. All and night. All night long. And then all night. Um, Charlie's like, wait, I think he was just up with the toothache. And I was like, oh, God, is she torturing him? That was actually where I went. I was just like, is, and I mean. Why wouldn't you? Their first sexual experience was literally in a morgue, her in a body bag. Why wouldn't you think she was torturing him? Okay, pin in that for later. In the SM for later. Okay. So Charlie talks to them about his nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the huge black guy. At this point, Solomon gives him his breakfast or something. And Charlie freaks out upon seeing him and like cowers at the sight of the proprietor of the restaurant where they have been eating for 10 episodes on an island where the native population is entirely black folks. Yeah. Charlie is recoils in terror at sight of this guy. Yeah. And the implication is that he's not very friendly, which in and of itself, the optics of that is not good. That he's some scowling, angry black man. That's not a good, good thing. And later on, it's noted by other cast members, including Eric Alexander, that he is not very nice to people. Has Eric Alexander written a memoir? I feel like maybe that's our next season. Okay. Um, So then Charlie talks to Cheryl and Kathleen about his dreams. Cheryl, like identifies them with science talking words and charlie's like don't you talk to me in science talk you know i don't understand that and they're like okay well we've got to go to class charlie and charlie's like you hate me you're terrible friends you should ditch class and listen to me talk about my nightmare and they're like wow bye um this is where i made the note Lots of lady directors on this problematic show. Yeah. Which made me start thinking, because I was just talking the other day about how whenever you've had a woman 
um, in, a, in a leadership role. She has been a foot soldier of the patriarchy um, in addition to being potentially a terrible person, right? Like Margaret Thatcher was a terrible person, but she was serving the interests of the patriarchy. Yeah. I wonder, and we, we do not have this situation now. I don't, I don't personally believe based upon um, the number of female directors in, in TV now, they are, um, I mean, forgot for goodness sake, Leah Thompson, it turns out is a great director. Like we are seeing a lot of, people get the opportunity to direct that didn't before. And we're, we're seeing a lot of talent in that. However, that being said, it certainly appears like they gave a lot of women the opportunity to direct the show because they were like, I don't want to fuck up my resume by yeah. directing going to extremes. You could do it, Karen. Um, okay. So, oh, wow. Okay. And it's like, no. It's a graphic novel. Really? Sorry. Yeah. It's her. Actress Erica Alexander and her husband drew the comics, drew the pictures. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, folks. So we had a little detour. I Googled her to see if she had a memoir. Erica Alexander, she did not, but she co-wrote a graphic novel with her husband. I'm just going to believe that this is the actual um, going to extremes and that she just shot um, Alex or Charlie. She just shot her character. She met her character in real life. Just shot her. And just shot her. Because she was so sick of her shit. Okay. So, um, this is when Solomon brings him a glass of milk. Or no, he comes over. He's like, would you like another milk? And Charlie is like, excuse me. Did you just offer to bring me another glass of milk? Is this a trick question? And the dude's like, what? Yeah. And then Charlie's like, okay, I'll have another glass of milk. Yeah. This is when I texted Emily. Is am I watching the right episode? This is about Charlie being racist to his waiter for offering to wait on him. And Emily said, Yes, this is my favorite show ever. <laughs> Emily said, No, wait for the Colin storyline. Okay. Speaking of which, we then cut to the clinic where Colin is meeting. Guest star Joe Seneca. Now, or John Seneca. John Seneca is familiar to me, I believe, from we passed in 96. Um, he was in The Verdict, he was in The Blob, he had a lead role in Crossroads, which I've not seen because um isn't that yeah, Ralph Macho Walter yeah. Hill. Um I, I don't have time for that in life yet um <laughs> but then uh he was also in school days which i haven't seen for um uh snobby reasons i didn't I, I never got around to watching spike lee's earliest movies because they weren't available letterbox to me mm-hmm. at the time so but he's very he's a familiar character he's a familiar actor. character actor he's very good in this he's very good uh he was in um silverado at some point too it looks like mm-hmm. so yes uh, he's very good. He and Colin are going to um, be reenacting a plot from Northern Exposure that I feel like Northern Exposure probably did with both doctors at one point. So they did it with uh, Joel to start. And then who is Joel's replacement? Uh, I don't remember the character's name, but it was Paul Provenza. Was it Paul yeah. Provenza? I don't no. know. 
Um, Not Paul Provenza probably had this exact same storyline. We'll get to it. But first, it turns out dude's got the runs. He's a yes, it was Paul who's Provenza. Got the oh my God. It was Sorry. Paul Provenza. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it did do better for Rob Morrow's career than it did for Paul Provenza's, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, the Paul Provenza era was not very good. Right. So, and also the nurse gets lines in this. This is the episode that probably has the most. Does it have the most black people with lines? Maybe it's it's either this. I mean, this is the better one. The worst one is potentially the one where Charlie was accusing every single black person he saw of being like a murderer. I thought that was your favorite episode. Anyway, so Collins. No, my favorite episode is when Alex gets dragged to court and he keeps going on and on about how this is America, even though it's not America. Wasn't that like the second or third episode? I blocked that. I blocked Terrible that. show. Um, oh, God, though. I would have laughed my ass off if Dr. Davis cucked in this episode. She doesn't. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Strap him into that chair and then yep. and then make him watch her get fucked by the gardener. Yep. Please. Oh, do, are we going to talk at length about the optics of um... her, her? No. Okay. No. So moving on. The gardener is a native to the island of Jantique. You can read into that as of what you will and how much it ex- upsets Alex. So, <clears throat> oh my God. So, Colin's like, did you have bad fish? Uh, John Seneca's like, dude, I, I know what good fish is. I just got the runs. Leave me alone. <laughs> and then he's like, gives him a cockeye. He gives him the Larry David look. And he's like, you know what, Colin? You're a lonely man. Ever since Kim broke up with you and things didn't work out with Kathleen, you're just a lonely man. And a man needs some pepper with his salt. Which, I mean, if Kim's the salt and John Seneca's the pepper. Okay. I mean... I, I don't know. I can't really get into the whether or not that's there are um, racial issues. implications. Well, I was going to say power issues in the sexual dynamic there, but oh, um, absolutely, there are. You think so? Okay. Well, that'll be for our book about going to extremes. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we then cut to Doctor Davis and Alex in bed. Now, mind you, this means he went over to her house during the day to fuck. So that's and he's not in, he's not in class in with class. N- neither is she, but she does leave to go to class. Yes. Um, okay. So they're in bed. She's complaining. Oh, it was only three times, and he was like, "It felt like more." So we're seeing a little bit of a rift in their relationship. He is not as v- virile as a young man should be in her eyes, and. um Turns out he has a toothache, and so he can't quite keep up like he would that, like to. So the, yes. The, so the, the toothache was a real thing. So the toothache was a real thing and not just something that Charlie made up. I don't know. Or or implied. Um, and Dr. Davis starts making eyes at the gardener, um, making uh, allusions to him coming and taking care of her house plants and alex gets very upset and says i can take care of your house plants and dr davis just kind of leers at this this gentleman who's out her trees her underpaid employee yeah also the the idea that she hasn't fucked the gardener is 
Yeah, there's like no every place. man on that island. Right. Like <laughs> just yeah. Yeah. Because we have actually not met any of her other conquests. No. But it was heavily implied she had numerous ones. So we've been waiting since the pilot to find out that she was banging Kim. I'm hoping it's Kim. I'm hoping it's Kim. Okay. So um, then she's like, why didn't you tell me about your toothache? And he's like, my love inhibiting dental pain. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Did you not tell me because you didn't think I'd care? And he's like, do you care? And she's like, no, I want that gardener to fucking rail me right now in front of you, Alex. Yeah. He's like, where? My mommy would never talk to me like that. And then she goes to class. Okay. Same day, we're now in Dracula, the series levels of of understanding the passage of time. Yeah. Colin is going for a jog on the beach. Yes. This I found very odd because just the way it's shot, it looks like there's no other place he could be going than this sort of docking area. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like he's jogging, comes down a hill, and it ends in this place where all of these boats are going in the water, including his friend, whose name I forget now, uh, John Seneca. So it almost seems like intentional, like he sees John Seneca and he turns around because you can't keep going because there's nowhere to go except for jungle. It's very weird. I thought that was very odd that like he's this is his second year in medical school at this place. You would think he would know that this is a dead end, but then we wouldn't have this scene and this wonderful storyline that's the saving grace of this episode. (laughs) Though it does start with Colin being like, do you know Lake Champlain in Burlington, yeah. Vermont? And John yeah. Seneca being like, no, man, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, who cares? Like, what, what are you talking about? They tells Colin to find a better woman. That's the secret. You find yourself a better woman to marry. Uh, a woman who's better than you. Yep. One who is better than you. Um, so ladies, take note. They're all shit. You should, it is your duty as a woman to to marry some shitty guy and spend your life trying trying to make him better make him just pick up his underwear once (laughs) to not spray the wall with urine intentionally okay um but they talk about fishing um it's you know john seneca's it's not quite like a father-son thing but the fishing does bring up memories of colin's dad or whatever yeah um but John Seneca's is like, all right, dude, you're going to go fishing with me tomorrow morning. We'll see you at 630. And Colin's like, where? He's That's like, so you early. You got to do it, Colin. Uh, speaking of it being early, I'm pretty sure last episode we established that they are up and out of the house by like 545 for the timeline to work. Yeah. So, no. Okay. We then cut to, oh, God, this show should just be about the housekeeper killing them all. The housekeeper is hanging up clothes to dry. Alex is laying in a hammock and moaning about how his sex life is bad and how Delia needs to look at his teeth. And she's like, well, here's this orthodontist you can go to. He's my cousin. Again, we're doing this fucking cousin thing. And usually that would be the end of it, right? We'd have the two black people with speaking lines. But in this episode, we're going to have like... Six. Four, five, Four, six. Five. It's just can't even keep track. Um, to which Alex is like, Oh, awesome. I'm gonna go to the dentist. 
uh, I'll get you something special for Christmas. And she's like, there's no need to wait till Christmas. Funniest part of the show. She, that little gag was hilarious. Maybe it's because the rest of the show is so shitty. (laughs) But that made me laugh. And John Seneca said something later that made me laugh too. But I made note of that. I was like, oh, some comic relief, finally. And she's not just a scowling, mean lady. She's being helpful. And, you know, he's going to her for advice. Okay. So presumably next scene is this evening still. Charlie comes in to the kitchen where Kim, Kathleen, and Cheryl are studying. They asked him what happened today, and he explains that Solomon was nice to him. Solomon brought him that extra glasses of goat's milk um, and then asked Charlie to go somewhere with him. And he's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Is it okay to be scared of this black man, Eric Alexander? And Eric Alexander is yes. Yeah, you should be scared. You should be scared. Oh, my God. Kathleen's like, you should be scared. And Charlie's like, what about you, Kim? And Kim's like, you should be cautious. Yeah. Okay. Now we cut to the next day with the fishing. They're out on the ocean. And they start singing to the fish. Uh, John Seneca sings... uh, My Way. My Way, which... I guess it's Frank Sinatra originally. I thought it was Elvis. And then I was like, or is it supposed to be Sid Vicious? Sadly, it's just Sinatra. Um, He tells Colin to sing to the fish. And Colin says, should I sing Stones, Aerosmith, or Nirvana? But then John Seneca determines that that Colin has no patience for fishing, just like Tracy, his dead wife. Yeah. And Colin's like, oh, you miss her, huh? And John Seneca looks wistfully up in the sky and says, I'll see her again someday. Okay. Charlie in the bar. Oh, Jesus. With Solomon. Charlie in the Rasta bar with Solomon. So they're walking through the door mm-hmm. and Solomon is leading the way. And as Charlie enters and looks around and sees nothing but black people on this island almost solely inhabited by black people he's terrified Mm -hmm. and like a child like runs up to solomon tried to to catch up with him because he's the one person that he knows that he feels the safest with but he's still scared of Mm -hmm. and he's got a group of friends how many how many not charlie yeah yeah solomon's got a group of like four or five friends Sitting around a table, drinking, having a good time. I don't think any of the other the other guys are named, right? No. <laughs> so we <laughs> but names. A couple of them have lines. <laughs> they do. They did pay a couple people line, uh, the line rate. Um, but basically Solomon is introduced Charlie to these folks because of Charlie's visions of the big man. Yeah. They think the big man. They they asked some weird questions. How big was he? Did he have any drums? Was there any music? And Charlie's like, no. And they're just like, oh, okay, thanks. And Charlie. Now we also need to mention every fifteen seconds, Charlie's like, can I go now? Can I go yeah. now? Yeah. And then at the end, Charlie's like, can I go now? And they're like, yes. And he's like, okay. 
and he runs, he scampers away as fast as he can. Okay. We're, we're sort of skipping through that. We'll talk about where it comes out later. There's some references to basketball players. Um, so Charlie can't possibly be racist because he knows who Carl Malone is, I think is what the show's trying to tell us. So we then cut to uh, John Seneca's house where apparently after they've been fishing all day and now they're having whiskey and dinner, presumably yeah. the fish. Yeah. And they're talking about how Colin's never been in love, even though he's 24. Whereas John Seneca married Tracy when he was 20 and a half. Um, and he reads a poem and then says that Tracy wrote about trees and love and starfruit and says, let's go, let me go introduce you to Tracy. This isn't enough like Northern Exposure. Let's go to a graveyard. So, so the, yeah, the difference is that the old guy that uh, Fleischman is visiting doesn't wax poetically about his, his dead wife. Like he's just an old man who's living off the land who ends up dying, you know, like spoilers, double spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Here actually is where the perpetual care thing figures in. I'm sorry. I forgot this. They get to the graveyard. Thomas is like, that's Tracy's grave. Talk to her. Colin does. It's awkward. And then, and I'm sorry, John Seneca is playing Thomas. And yeah. then John Seneca's like, ha ha, I was just fucking with you. That's not even her grave. That's yeah. my neighbor. You're fucking <laughs> weird, Colin. Why were you talking to that guy? This is my lady over here. Yeah. So they go over. There's a goat eating the flowers. <sighs> John Seneca's like, this is some bullshit. I pay for perpetual care. Yes. Title drop. And, uh, like, seems to get emotional trying to chase this goat away from his wife's grave. Yep. It got me a little emotional, to be honest. I mean, he's, he's that good, folks. Like, even in an episode of this shit show, he can, you know, make me emote. And then um, he ends the scene by getting a bucket of water for the goat. Because yeah. even though he doesn't want the goat eating the flowers, he's not a piece of shit. Yeah. Speaking of pieces of shit. <laughs> Let's back to, to Charlie Alex. or no, Alex. Alex. Yeah. We got one more scene before Charlie's back. So this is actually sort of a repeat in some ways of another Alex surgery medical thing. He shows up. The mechanic or the dentist is also a mechanic. And Charlie or Alex is like, do you have a diploma? And the guy's like, I have better than a diploma. I have an experience. Yeah. Gives him a tooth inspection, knows the correct terminology. But then when he goes to pull the tooth, he's getting pliers to do it. Now He's getting uh, clean pliers, which chases Alex off because. Yes. So we also need to mention that the idea that there aren't dental services on the island even just for the colonizing med students is a bit weird. Like they're definitely, you think Roy D doesn't like, Oh no, I bet Roy D's just got a mouth of rotting teeth. Well, no, he's got a plane. He can fly to True. Miami and get his teeth done. What about Dr. Davis? She can fly to Miami too. She can fuck her way to Miami. All right. They're home. Charlie's at home. And does Solomon show up at home? Yes. I thought that Sol that Charlie was at the bar and Solomon come approaches him when he's at the bar, the restaurant bar thing. 
but I could be wrong. I did. Like I said, I stopped taking notes. Doesn't matter. They meet. They meet. Solomon shows up. Charlie says, look, Solomon, you're intimidating me. You're a black man. I am at my breaking point. I'm not your patsy. And then Solomon's like, look, dude, the giant disappeared eight years ago. He gave up fame and fortune. He had a gift from Rastafar to be a reggae man. And you're the only one who's seen him in eight years. Yeah. To which Charlie says, look, man, I've already established. I don't listen to black people when they talk. Can you please repeat yourself? And then Solomon's like, here, take him these drums. Leave it the last place you saw him. So, yeah. And that is supposed to attract the drummer? Not clear. Not clear. Also, pinning it doesn't fucking matter. Um, Okay. We then cut to Colin getting to the clinic on his bike and talking to Kathleen, who was on her way out. It has been three episodes since she's had a plot or longer. Like, she's been on support for a while. Um, Okay. So they talk a little bit about John Seneca. He's not doing that great she's on her way to a dna across dna lecture and i'm like i'm sure that's really fucking insightful coming from wilford brimley fuck daddy <laughs> um and then calvin's like hey wait kathleen and she's like yeah have you ever had your heart broken and she's like yeah have you and he's like no what's it feel like kathleen to have your heart broken like you're gonna die Kyle. like you're gonna die So So, presumably this is setting up something. This is like the longest con ever setting up their inevitable romance. Like I I'm so over it already. It's so I'm so over it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So now Cheryl and Charlie are tramping through the jungle. Oh, looking for the last place that he saw the Uh, tall guy. To leave which, the drum. Which, in my recollection, was, like, on a road. Yep. Remember? He, yep. he he led him to the path so he could yep. get home. But they yep. were on a road, not in they the middle of the jungle. Yep, it was a crossroads. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, you think the writers of this show watched the show? Like... It just reminded me of Down by Law when they, at the end, when they get to the crossroads and... They all go different directions. So that's why it stuck out in my head. I was like, they weren't in the jungle. That's when he first met him. But when they left, they were on a street. Whatever. They didn't watch the show. They were like, no, I can't. I can't watch the show. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, yes, Cheryl and Charlie are in the jungle looking for a place to put down the drums. Cheryl's whining about taking Charlie or going with he says he'll protect her. I believe he says he's a green belt at this point. Um, which oh, is and Cheryl makes some crack like, oh, my hero. It was really funny. That was funny, too. Way to go, Cheryl. Um, <laughs> and then he sets it down somewhere random and is like, ooh, any magical spells I need to do? Um, we then cut to Colin going to Thomas's and bringing over a game of backgammon or something to play. But um, Thomas is like, nope, that's the dumbest game ever. I'm not playing that with you. I've got stuff to do tonight. And then Colin's like, you know, it's okay to grieve, John Seneca. Don't give up. And John Seneca's like, 
I'm moving forward, man. There's a widow down the road. I'm going to throw it to. And he's like, all right. Mm -hmm. He's like, we'll play backgammon tomorrow. And then. Did we mention that it had only been six months since Thomas's wife had died? Yeah, I don't think we did. Okay. So she Uh, hasn't been dead very long. It's not like he's been pining away for 20 years. It's relatively recent. Yeah. And my notes are, don't worry about me. M-O-N. I'll probably be dead by the end of the episode anyway. Uh, We then cut to Charlie not being able to sleep because he hears the drums. And he goes out into the jungle and the dude is out there playing. And then... The power of music makes him not hate black people for a second. For a second. He tells Solomon about it. Um, Solomon asks Charlie to identify the beat. And then Charlie can't really do it. And... Solomon's like, well, I mean, it is hard for a white guy to identify the beat, which... And then they all drum on the table. Yep. And then the music is now part of Charlie. And he's... Will he not be a racist piece of shit next episode? So also, this is relieving him of his anxiety somewhat, I think. But didn't we already eliminate his anxiety before when he met that guy who had the freaking breakdown? Because he was studying too much? No, because we never did anything with that because there's no character development on this show because it's terrible. Fair enough. We then cut to Alex and Dr. Davis. She's like, oh my God, I just want that fucking gardener to rail me in front of you, man. Why? Why is she wearing a swimsuit? I mean, I know why she's wearing a swimsuit because it's ABC in 1992. But we see her laying in the sun in a bikini or swimsuit or whatever while the gardener is gardening whole Stacy's mom moment and I'm like why is she wearing clothes and clearly Alex is being a cock blocker and whatever so she he he asks her to get rid of his tooth that's bothering him and she's like why didn't you ask me in the first place takes him inside straps him to a chair which is whatever and she's like why didn't you ask me to do this in the first place <laughs> And he's complaining that the restraints are too tight, which not surprising because um, she has power issues. <laughs> and I don't even know. Does she pull the tooth? I don't even remember. She does. And she slaps him. Oh, that was septic. funny. Yeah. And she's done this twice before. Yeah. And that they didn't have the stones to make him spooge when she pulled the tooth. They're <sighs> cowards. They can't even commit to their own bit. They um, couldn't They couldn't even show him tenting when she slapped nope. it. No. Nope. That would have been great. So good. <laughs> and is that the end? No. You fucking wish it was the end. I do. <laughs> Colin goes and finds John oh, Seneca's right. dead body. There's right. sad music. There's sad Colin. And then Colin finds the poem. Cut to the beach. He reads it to Kathleen. And then... Poorly. Poorly. And then admits that he read it poorly. And then he's like, I don't even like this poem. It was a good poem for a made up poem on a AB, shitty ABC sitcom or so, whatever this is. There's something about Thomas and Tracy being together now. His heart broke. Uh, never be committed like that. Or Colin's like, I could never be committed like that. And Kathleen's like, oh, yeah. Strips off all of her clothes and they... No. Oh, wait. That's a different show. That's a different show. (laughs) 
she doesn't even go to a phone booth and call him from the phone booth in the rain. Um, she talks about how germ warfare and nuclear holocaust are scarier than commitment. Yeah. Um, and then he gets like, maybe I need to get out more. And she's like, maybe you do. Final note, no kissing. No kissing. Okay, here we go. Charlie back in the jungle as the rivers of Babylon play. Then Charlie laying in a hammock. And my note, oh, it's a dream. Then my note, oh, it's not a dream. Then my note, oh, it is a dream. And then Charlie wakes up in bed. And then my note is, did he have a wet dream or something? And that's the end. The end. Okay, folks. Good night. See you next week. Oh, wait. Yeah. So so I think the rest of the show really, really sucked. But the Colin storyline was really good. Um, it's unfortunate that the only likable character on the entire show died. Uh, I.e. John Seneca. <sighs> oh, dear God in heaven. Wilford Brimley Fuck Daddy is back for the next episode. Does he fuck Kathleen? We still haven't resolved that. Uh, we'll see. When he offered to have a threesome with her and like a 17 year old or whatever, like, and she's like, I would like to have a threesome with you and that 17 year old teenage girl, but I'm a little sad right now. Yeah. And he's like, all right, next time we will do it. So D wants to watch, but he concentrates on me. So don't feel weird about it. (laughs) So next week's episode, uh, episode 11, thank God we're getting there. We're double digits uh the healing arts i did watch the um next week on going to extremes so this rung a few bells dr croft commissions a video to promote his medical school so we are this is also vaguely of uh northern exposure plot lines so we're going to have a film crew and lots of other young white people around so there's going to be some some sexual chemistry there. Um, meanwhile, Alex shows a new student around. So another white person and Alex, who is becoming disenfranchised with his power obsessed uh, professor girlfriend who's fucking who knows how many other people. And Charlie goes to the jungle to help an ailing tall black drummer. His name is Nui. Remember Nui? Nui. He gets a name, finally. So, um, next time. Thank you all for joining us this time. We will see you next week when we watch season ugh, episode 11 of Going to Extremes called The Healing Arts. Andrew, I will see you in television land. See you in television land, definitely. I have a joke to tell you. Okay. What do you call a cow with no legs? It's not that deep. What? Ground beef. Wow. What do you call a cow with three legs? Tripod. Lean beef. Okay. 
What do you call a cow with two legs? Lean. Uh, shit. Fuck. I fucked it up. Never mind. I'm done. No. What is it? Your yes. mom. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You're welcome.